Welcome back to And we're live. And we're live. What's with the neighbors? How many times have we done that bit? Way too many. Too many. I do you know what I was doing today? What? So I was going through Crying. like four years worth of mail because like we just have a mail pile in our pantry that we're like, cause we don't want to get rid of it. And we still are, haven't bought a shredder yet. <laughs> We'd say like, we're going to burn, burn it. it. We just haven't yet. <laughs> okay. And we always forget about it. And so we have all this mail. And so I was like, all right, I need to go through it. Cause some of the stuff is newer and I can probably get rid of it. Like catalogs and stuff. Yeah. And your card that you got me, the Bob Ross card on my first birthday that we knew each other. It was so sweet. You're like, Aww. I know we barely know each other, but I feel like we've known each other for forever and you're just a good friend and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I miss her. I also found over a $400 check that we never cashed. From who? Um, a company that we give money to for a loan. And, like, the thing is, is that, like, I was getting mail saying that, oh, it was, like, a lawsuit thing saying, like, oh, you are entitled to this money and you should get this money back. And we're, like, oh, scam. It's not. It was not a scam. We actually were or (laughs) just never cashed the check, but it's too late. So we have to figure out what to do. I mean. (laughs) Can you try to cash it? Uh, we I know did. that is, it didn't work. Oh, you did, it didn't work. Dang yeah. It. So we have to call the we have to call the company t- Monday or probably Tuesday. That's so exciting! I love getting surprise money. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. But we're gonna put it all into savings. So. You know. Yeah, but it's still exciting. Yeah, I, I know. love getting that type of stuff. Josh is like, because we're in such a good like mine set like right now to save. Yeah. So we're like trying to put everything that we have into savings and he's like man months ago if we would have gotten it or a year ago if we would have got this we would have just blown it it's a good thing we got it now i'm like yeah we can't <laughs> even use it now yeah. <laughs> um that's so cool um this is what's with the neighbors that's brie oh yeah that's amy Sorry. and uh, brie, that's okay brie i have a question for you okay what is something that made you nervous this week everything oh my gosh um what to pick um oh putting all of our money into this weird random like but basically using all having all this money in our account because we just sold our house yeah and we don't have a house to buy right now and we're not going to spend all this money so having all this money in our account stresses me out yeah like it should not stress you out and it's not in our checking it's in our savings but i'm like oh my god i don't i don't like this amount of money like i don't like seeing that we have this Uh, like i don't like having like control or the power over something so i'm like (laughs) yeah we're trying we're being really i think we're being really smart with it good what about what about you you know, I wrote this question and I couldn't think of anything. And I know I did feel nervous this week, but I think it was like at work. Crossing the street. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I forgot about that. You yeah. got anxiety from crossing the street for I, you, some random you guys, reason. I, I 
called Bree. I was crossing the street at work and afterwards I called Bree because like I had a full on like weird butterflies in my stomach panic of crossing the street. It was just a two lane street and no cars were coming. Well, there was a car, but it was like pretty far away. And I was like so nervous about it. <laughs> Immediately, so like weird. your brain thinks of Frogger. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's it's that. like those impulses. Yeah, like it's like suddenly... sometimes you get nervous carrying scissors. Yeah, like it's such a normal thing to do, and we're adults. Like we're capable of we carrying scissors across scissors. a room, but yeah. at the same time, like oh my gosh, all the power that I have within my hands, this could go right through me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's like I think crossing the street. I was like, oh. crossing the street. I was like, what if my foot gets stuck on like nothing? <laughs> like, a piece of gum? What about a banana peel? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so many obstacles, so many things. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, are you, you're going to go first this week because I went first last week? Okie dokie, pokey. Okay. Sorry. So, I have a neighborhood story, and okay. it, I got this from Reddit. And it says, I recently got a new Wi Fi router that I could password lock. My old one locked me out, uh, out of it somehow. Not long after the neighbor kids came over to try to get my new Wi-Fi password and they weren't happy when I said no their mother showed up about five minutes late later she said give us your new password we want to keep using your service I said no you've been costing us significant money in overage fees you can either pay us and pay us the pay back pay for that or you can get your own service and she stormed off in a huff what <laughs> how can you like expect your neighbor to you to like use your wi-fi <laughs> i don't know dog but good kudos to them for like putting their foot down yeah yeah what's your wi-fi password do you have not password wi-fi name do you have anything cool no it's no. like shamrock something that's lame yeah and and they the he the guy I even told him how to spell it and he spelled it all wrong. So Shamrock. Or it's Sham Fam. It's Sham Fam. Sham Fam. Yeah. That's right. He spelled it wrong. Yeah. I was mad. What what's yours? Dead router tell no tells. <laughs> of course it's Disney. I love it. <laughs> oh, that's right, because y'all just changed it again, right? Yeah. It was a whole thing. Yeah. All right. I don't want you to tell my story. Your story. I'm so excited. So as I've told you, I have. Oh, hey. so this story, I have wanted to do it for some time now. I know I say that a lot about my stories, but this is definitely one I wanted to really, really, really do for some time now. Um, but one, I haven't found a lot of like valid information on it or like okay. up to date information and just like mm -hmm. not a lot. Yeah, so um, I really wanted to do this story together, but I couldn't find too much. At the time, I couldn't find too much information on it. And for this week, you sounded like you had a story in mind. And also, I didn't want you to find out all the dirty deets on the paranormal stuff. So, Because yeah. in order to get to your part, you would have to, like, know the paranormal stuff. It's required. So, oh, okay. <clears throat> I'm, yeah, there's a little bit of true crime in it. I will touch on it, but just lightly in case you decide to go into it later. Okay. 
So, um, a lot of my information came from, thank God, a Netflix docu or documentary series, whatever. It's not a series. It's a, it was like one episode, um, that came out recently, it came out just in October and it's called devil on trial. Um, Ooh, I haven't heard of that. It, 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 they did a good job. They did a very good job because I have not ever seen um, a documentary of this story where they're like all full on telling stories. Like um, the, the people involved? Like, yeah. So okay. for a while, like when I was researching it in the past, one of the specific people that was very important um, denied that, like from the research that I was finding, they was saying that he denied anything happened. But that's not true. He did not. It was just like internet rumors or whatever oh. or what people said in books or right. I don't know because there's a lot of like take on it. And okay. also uh, a haunting. I got some information from them, but I don't trust them that much because a lot of their information from what Netflix says was like way off. And the the interviews with the people involved on Netflix were like way more in depth and not just them answering, like saying like, it was so terrifying. And then going to the clip and being like, I didn't know right. what was going to happen next. Right. Just like getting like clips of their words. Like they didn't get the whole story. They just got like clips of them saying like things like it was terrifying and all this crap. Right. So, and also I know in Sleep is in Selcha, the lady that we had spoken with in the past, yeah. um, her story was done dirty by, I believe a haunting as well. Um, maybe it was Alaska haunting and they fabricated and like Hollywooded up her story as well. So right. Happens. Anyway, yep. so let's get to the story of the possession of David Glatzel and Arnie Johnson. Okay. Not one, but two possessions. In <laughs> the same house, in. do you think? You will find me. out. Sorry, I will find out. Get Slow your downing. sage, light it up, people. Bless <gasps> your homes, spray your holy water, and grab your crosses. Put your because blood you're in for a doozy. The... Yeah. Over the door? Door. Threshold. Um, nope. I don't think that. Oh. I don't know. Anyway. Um, okay. So right. the Glatzell family um, uh, was Carl Sr., Judy Glatzell, and their children, Debbie, Carl Jr., Alan, and David. Um, they live in, They lived in Brookfield, Connecticut. They were pretty normal family, very close-knit. Mm -hmm. And the story begins in the summer of 1980 when Debbie, Whoa. the oldest sister, planned to start a life with her boyfriend named Arnie Joy Johnson. That's so soon. <laughs> I Kind of, yeah. In the 80s. Dude, the 80s were like 40 years ago. But, oh, okay. I understand what you're saying. But, <laughs> Brie, like, normally we're hearing about these things that are happening in, like, the... 20s and yeah. the 1800s yeah. and exorcisms I mean, least... were you know pretty popular they were starting to make a comeback <laughs> in the 80s you know the there, exorcism it, movie it came trending. out everybody's like oh my gosh i'm shaking or oh my god i'm pmsing i am having possession feelings i need an exorcism possession feelings <laughs> i don't know i'm having <laughs> symptoms of a possession i need i need an exorcism <laughs> right now <laughs> <laughs> just like <Okay>. google it 
MD, MD, MD yeah. Web. WebMD it. Web <laughs> Signs MD. of a possession. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, Debbie and Arnie had planned to move in their new home that they'd gotten across town. And his mother and his siblings were also going to live with them. They're all kind of just lived together. Okay. I'm not going to give you any backup background story on him. Um, if you end up doing the story there, I do know that there is quite a bit of background on that kind of stuff. So, um, so the family of course is like ready to help and pitch in and play their part and helping them move in and whatnot. So the day before they moved in, the family went to help clean up. David was the youngest at just 10 years old, and he was given the task of sweeping the upstairs bedroom alone. So in the documentary, he said that the house gave him like, first off, it gave him like a weird and something. He just knew something was off about it. Um, After he swept for a bit, he said he could feel something in the room with him. And that something had pushed him backwards onto the bed. Also, that's another thing I meant to mention. There was some furniture left in the home, specifically a bed that was in that room. Um, So he was pushed backwards by something, an unseen force, onto Mm -hmm. the bed. And he said he had looked up and seen something that looked like what he described as like um, a devil's Halloween costume. And it had coal black eyes. Yeah, like that. It told him to beware and that it would come for him. <gasps> no. So, I know. And, oh, I'm sorry, how old was he? 10. 10. He was either 10 or 11, but I think he was 10 at this time. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, the family noticed that Damon, David had come out of the house upset. No one knew why he wasn't telling anyone anything, but he just knew he wanted to go home. He did not want to step back in the house. Eventually, they went home, um, and that evening, he did end up telling this information to his family, and of course, they assumed what every parent would assume, that he was making it up, or maybe he was just tired. Um, According to a haunting, David, on the A Haunting Show, David said he, or it had said that David had had a vision of an old man in the house. Like, while he was at his home, he said he had had a vision of an old man at the house, and that there was an animal there that was scared of something that was scared of the old man. And it was scratching at the door trying to get out. No. And they're like, okay, whatever. Go to bed. Mm-hmm. So after going to bed, um, David had recalled see- – and I also, I'm not sure, like, what exact night this kind of stuff happened. So don't quote me. Um, I just know this was after this. After going to bed one night, David had recalled seeing something that was coming – like to his house it was like a vision or like a feeling and then he looked out of his window and he could see a figure standing outside no. watching him and it just like yeah. disappeared just like that no. so um debbie and arnie went to back to the house like the next day and they came to the house and found scratch marks all over the door because remember he had said that there was an animal in the house trying to get out and Dude. they guess they didn't notice them before. So they must have been new. I don't know. Oh, no. So the family was Catholic. Oh, sorry. This obviously Continue. made him. They were like, uh, we're not moving in. Forget about sure. it. 
yeah. on the documentary on Discovery or whatever, um, it did say that like his mom was upset about it because like she had put all of her money into it, but they're like, no, we're not living here. So well, yeah. I think she still moved in, but I think they just decided no on it. That's like such a uh, un. Normally, they white people just like move in. Anyways. <laughs> I'll just get it blessed. <laughs> It'll be fine. It'll be okay. It's just like a familiar voice. <laughs> oh, remind me to tell you what happened this morning. Anyway, okay. okay. So the family was Catholic, and with his, with David's strange behavior, he like was telling of everything that he was telling his mother um she had called a priest like nothing crazy had happened yet but from what he was talking to her about she did end up calling a priest i kind of from what it sounded like it sounded like she just like immediately jumped to conclusions and it's like you need an exorcism <laughs> like what i was just saying <laughs> but also like i don't blame it's her odd. yeah i know and it, and like for the time that it was in with like the movie, the exorcist coming yeah. out and like all this crazy stuff happening, it was just a very big hype thing, I think too. So, that makes um, sense. and they're Catholic. So yeah. Yeah. So she called their priest father, Dennis, I believe who agreed to come bless the home with holy water and oil and incense. Um, and after this, um, they figured that that would work and it made them feel comfortable. But yeah. that night, David ended up waking up at 3 a.m. screaming that the beast was coming for him and that it was over the house and didn't and to not open the door. It's evil. The house shook and the <gasps> lights flashed on and off and all of the family agreed that they felt it. Um, Earthquake, obviously. <laughs> yeah, obviously. So seriously, um, <laughs> I mean, it could have been. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alan in the documentary, the, one of the brothers, um, compared it to what he believed, like we, what he would imagine a UFO abduction would feel like flying over the house. And I thought that was an interesting what? way to compare That's it to something. A, yeah. Yeah. It's like shaking. He said he all glass breaking. How are we, uh, are we all getting abducted so that we would all know exactly one time that i got abducted by aliens (laughs) yeah like that's such an odd nobody can i know relate to that i know well he compared it now so i mean you've seen movies and stuff like that like a lot of times that happens in movies so maybe that was his best way of yeah So they were all pretty convinced that they were dealing with something paranormal for sure. And they yeah. reached out to a neighbor who was, who knew a psychic. The psychic was da, 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 Ed Warren, Ed Warren, uh, the demonologist yeah. and mm-hmm. Lorraine Warren, who was the psychic. Okay. So they, at the time were in their prime of ghost hunting. Um, they were involved in, they had just been involved in Amityville horror. So that kind of just like made them pick up and made them super right. famous. Um, Judy, the mother had called them up and, um, they immediately were like, they grabbed their attention. They're like, Hey, can we bring a doctor to check your son out? And she's like, of course. So they brought the doctor. He passed with flying colors, nothing mental or anything was going on with him. No seizures, no past history or anything. Right. Uh, when first meeting Ed, when first meeting um ed wanted to provoke whatever it was and asked it to prove 
that it was there by knocking on the table three times. And all of a sudden it felt as if the kitchen was shaking and something was violently beating on the table three times. They said they compared it to like a sledgehammer, something like really heavy beating on the table three times. Oh my gosh. Um, During this, Lorraine had uh, said that she had seen a dark, evil mass standing next to David, and they confirmed that this was something demonic. (gasps) Bri, I don't like this. You know. Um, So things got worse, obviously. They're not going to get better at this point. Um, David would would often go go in and out of fits, blacking out, self-harming, cursing, insulting fighting unseen fighting an unseen force screaming snarling biting kicking um he would be moved knocked around quoting the bible having seizures and attempting to hurt others and ed and lorraine told uh told the family to document all this as much as possible um so they had used like a tape recorder and pictures and like a polaroid picture picture a Polaroid camera because um, they wanted to make sure that they would be ready with proof for right. um, the church if they needed to get an exorcism. So I'm going to play you. Can I play you a little snippet? Okay. Let me, I sent it to myself. Oh, I don't here. like this. In the name of Jesus, Jesus repels you. Leave this child alone. Yes, no, but you are not strong. You're weak. You're, you're weak. You're But that's just like a clip. You can look up multiple clips of it on YouTube. There's lots of different things. I like the part where she's like, get out of my son. Get out yeah, of my son. I like, know. It's like, she's get like, out of my so house. Get, get out of here. Shoot. Shoot. Get out Go of on here. and get. There was a lot of that. So the family had to watch David in shifts. Uh, someone was always with him. But like when in things, when people were alone, they found that like it just made the situation worse. Like it would like kind of gang up on them. So it was dangerous to be alone. Um, I, the family. I'm Hold on. I'm confused. So it was dangerous for him to be alone. Them. Them. Yeah. Because he was like, he was trying to harm them as well. So it was, so they would do it in shifts, but so they were, but alone. they would like be like multiple, like two of them watching them together. I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah they would like team up and, watch them okay um but the so obviously again things got continued to just worsen um the family recalled when david was being strangled by (gasps) an unseen force and then they can like see it happening because he's it was attempting to strangle him i should say um and there's a picture of it where his hands are just like in the air like 
clearly like grabbing something in front of him, like holding it off. Yeah. And you can see like he is grabbing so tight and holding on to something and stopping it from strangling him. <gasps> oh, baby. I know. It's so sad. Uh, at some point, Arnie saw a figure after getting into his vehicle. I don't know if this part is true because I don't remember them saying it in the Netflix documentary, but they said oh, it in the okay. other one that I don't trust as much. But he, and that one, it did say he had seen a figure after getting into his vehicle and he lost control of the car. No, um, like something else, like something else was trying to drive, <gasps> like something else was taking over the vehicle and almost ran him into a tree. Could you imagine? He, I, I know. No, not cool. Um, <laughs> is this my ex? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he told this to a priest and the priest gave him a crucifix. And when he came back to the house, David somehow knew exactly what had happened, where he had gone and who gave it to him. Like Whoa. he like was just knowing things. Um, also in the documentary, it mentioned that whenever Ed and Lorraine first came, and I don't know if this is, if this actually happened. Mm -hmm. um, it mentioned that when they were coming into the house for the very first time, Ed tripped a little bit on one of the steps and they came inside and David was like, why'd you trip on the step? And he's like, how did you know that? But, like, he just knew things that were happening no. that he wasn't even around. Um, so something was because whispering I in felt his ear. David. <laughs> David. My God, David. <laughs> so um, he then told him that, oh, after he told, like, he knew where this, he got this crucifix cut from and stuff. He then, like, I guess came out of this trance and he's like, hey, the demon went back into the well at the back of your house. And he's like, Arnie's like, there's no well back there. There's no well in our house. And he's like, yes, there is. So him and uh, Debbie went back to the house to go see if there was a well. And sure oh, enough, Arnie found one. And there was also a figure with dark pits in the eyes. No! So finally, and Lorraine came to the conclusion that they needed to do an exorcism. Um, given the major process, process that it takes, it, Given the major process, uh, why can I not say process? Given I the major know. process, it takes time. Um, but okay, they were but, able. Oh, I'm sorry. I can we back up for a second? Yeah. Because David was is I'm possessed. jumping around a little bit. Yes. And then Arnie's not the, possessed. The dad comes home. Arnie. Is that the Arnie, dad? Arnie, no. Arnie, the dad is not involved hardly at all. You know, I'm not going to mention the dad at all. Arnie is Debbie, the oldest sister, her fiance or her boyfriend. Okay. 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 So Arnie goes for this drive, almost loses control of his, or loses control or whatever, tells a priest, he gets the crucifix, he comes back. David says, Hey, I know where you were, what you were doing and everything like that. And then he comes out of his possession. Yeah. And says it, the demon went back into the well. Yeah. It's almost like it left him and it went into the well where it hides. Okay. So, okay. So why are we doing an exorcism then? Cause it's still in him. Cause things are still happening. It's still attached to him. It's clinging to him. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So uh, we're back at the well to see, and 
Ernie he sees this figure. Sees the figure. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I yep. just had to nope, you're good. make sure I heard what you said was correct. Yep. Um, okay. And like I said, I'm going to be jumping around a little bit because I was trying to get information from two documentaries and like one was one person's take and one was right. another person's take. So, yeah. Okay. Um. So, yeah. Ed and Lorraine wanted to, they, they decided to do an exorcism for sure. They did get approved for a minor exorcism. I'm not sure what the difference is between a giant one or a normal one versus a minor under, one. I know mild a and hot. A demon is a demon. <laughs> a demon, is a demon, demon hot minor. Demon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I get, cause the church wasn't just giving them out like candy then because they were just like getting judged well, sure so much what, for it back yeah. then. Well, yeah. and also with Lots the of stuff movie coming out. Yeah. It did not uh, give them everyone, a great name. Yeah. They had to be careful. Yeah. So David admits to going to, to remembering to going to the church and like going into the church. And then as soon as they started saying prayers, he just like blacked out. <gasps> um, when they began praying, the room's temperature dropped. He started growling. He hissed. He called the priest names like um, fat dick pork chop. Um, love that for him i do too i really do not calling a priest that but just saying that combination of profanity is just chef's kiss um we're such children (laughs) um so all the siblings and arnie even was there um they all held him down because he had to be restrained he was bending into positions that were not normal um some Sources say that furniture moved on its own during this. Um, and when a yeah, crucifix like was placed onto his head, I know when the crucifix was placed onto his head, it sizzled and his tongue swelled and it, he Whoa. started to turn blue out of panic. Cause they're like, Oh my gosh, this he's going to die. He's turning yeah. blue. He's going to choke to death. Arnie yells, leave the boy alone. Come on, take me on, take me on. Oh, wow. So Arnie claimed right after saying that he felt this cold rush come all over him. And then the the possession just stopped with David. It's just over. <gasps> Obviously, he should not have done it. But also, uh, like, that's so noble. You know, he's like a good big brother to him. Yeah, he loved him yeah. so much. Yeah. Um. So the exorcism was done uh, after this worried of what arnie said and lorraine ended up meeting with the detective of or at the with one of the tech detective at the police station there um named glenn cooper he admitted and he's still yeah he's still (laughs) alive today so like he actually spoke in the documentary and he admitted to this happening and he was he knew of the possession that was going out of the house because of like noise complaints so he knew what was going on and ed lorraine were like She's like, I know something's going to happen with Arnie specifically with a knife. And she's clairvoyant. So she told him, she's like, something bad's going to happen and it's going to happen with a knife. Now, months after, I think it was like six or nine months after, Arnie and Debbie moved into an apartment where she had also worked as a dog groomer for her boss, Alan Bono, whom they became friends with. So... Times passed. Nothing's happened in the time. Um, oh. Uh, yeah. So. Okay. Everything, so. Everything seems to be good. 
Okay, so he felt this cold rush, but nothing immediately happened to him. Nothing immediately happened. Um, I'll get into it. Okay. So after moving, Debbie talked about how Arnie would go into trance-like states, and sometimes he would growl and have hallucinations and no memory of it. Um, but yeah. they just kind of, I guess they just kind of shook it off. I don't know. Like, it yeah, seems pretty big. Maybe they growls. thought, like, he was tired. <laughs> Maybe yeah, he's hanging he... around the dog groomer too much. <laughs> he's too I into just, his job. I have questions. That's <laughs> <laughs> so weird. I know. Yeah, my fiance um, growls. It's fine. It's, it's it's a little love language. It's <laughs> a love language. <laughs> Um, one day Arnie and Debbie had planned to spend time with his sisters and have them like over to their place and hang out. Um, now side note, Arnie hadn't felt well that morning. He was okay. Saying didn't feel right and just felt sick. Um, while having his sisters over, Alan was also hanging out and he was drinking a lot. Um, I think Arnie was also drinking a lot too. Wait, so Alan I'm sorry, had started- Alan. Her boss, Alan Bono, her bo- oh, is her boss. Right. Okay. But they're also okay. friends with their yeah, they're also friends. So okay. he was drinking a lot. So was Arnie. I think everybody was drinking. Um, and Alan had started saying some really vulgar things, and specifically to his sisters. Ew. Arnie didn't want his sisters around this, so he decided to leave. He's like, All right, let's this guy's drunk, let's go. Yeah. Um, as they were leaving, I guess Alan had grabbed Arnie's sister and wouldn't let her go. And then that was the last thing. And right as they were leaving, that was like the last thing Arnie remembered. Oh, no. Next thing that happened that night, David, going back to the other place, David, their house got a call. David answered. Mm-hmm. And it was his sister who was frantic saying Arnie had stabbed Alan to death <gasps> and taken off into the woods. Before Arnie. she told him, he had had a vision of a dead man. David told his brother, the other Alan, that Arnie hadn't done it and that he was taken by the beast, which he also referred to as the the thing the that possessed demon. him. Yeah. David started panicking and believed that Arnie was coming for their house. So he made his brother and him blockade the doors with the furniture. They're that's so sad. <laughs> They're like, that not is again. Awful. No. So they, they thought that they were going to die that night. Yeah. Um, luckily, the police ended up finding Arnie after someone had called in with a tip. Um, he Arnie didn't remember or didn't know why he was going, what was going on. He didn't know why he was in custody. And they told him, they're like, you killed your friend. And Arnie had no previous history of violence, no records. Um, he was known as like a good old boy in the town. He didn't yeah. go like out hanging out with shady people he was just a good guy so this was just really strange that this would happen debbie told the police that there was an altercation and arnie's eyes went dark and he stabbed alan four times in the chest (gasps) but it wasn't him this of course gained worldwide attention and was known as the demon murder trial case um and this is where i'm going to get into a little bit of true crime Okay. Arnie's lawyer, Martin Manella, um, met with some lawyers in England who were also involved in similar cases, 
to bring in like exorcism and he brought in like exorcism specialists from Europe and threatened to subpoena the priest who oversaw David's exorcisms because not everybody like approved of his exorcisms, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, But he threatened to subpoena them if they didn't come in and cooperate. So on October 28th, 1981, the trial took place um, even with the priest and Lorraine and the evidence of the possession, this judge saw that there was no defense that could ever exist in a court of law due to lack of evidence. And it would be a, a relative and unscientific to allow related right. testimony. Eventually, <gasps> no. he was convicted of first degree manslaughter and sentenced okay. to 10 to 20 years in prison. However, Arnie was released on good behavior just five to six years in. He and Debbie ended up marrying four years in while in prison. Um, he was brought closer to religion big mm-hmm. time. Um, and Arnie and Debbie remained together until she passed in 2021. Um, Arnie very much still believes that he was possessed. He said he's never had an exorcism, but he knows he was. He knows how to fight it and he very much relies on his religion. So I know this is a really long story. I'm almost done. No, it's great. I um, understand why the judge made that, but it makes me sad because like he's a convicted felon. Yeah, I know. And so he couldn't work for so many jobs. Yeah, it ruined his life. Well, I mean, it didn't ruin his life, but, you know, it it seriously complicated, made it take a left turn. Yeah, Yeah. it sucks. I know. And he did seem like a really good guy. And I think he was possessed. So, I mean, that doesn't mean anything. But, you know, from like the way they were talking in the documentary, just yeah. Anyway, okay. so skeptics. So at the end of the devil on trial, it's very clear that the oldest brother, Carl, he also was not too involved in this. Um, he was involved in the documentary, though. Carl okay. does not believe that his brother was possessed. And uh, he argues that when the Warrens came to first meet with the family, they discussed what like the family could expect out of David during a fit. And it was like, he was like annoyed because they were talking about this in front of a 10 year old, like, okay, um, it could be like an attention thing. Like you tell a kid like, okay, this is what you can expect. If you possibly have a broken arm, your arm's going to look like this and blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah. And like, you're telling them what to do in order to get the attention. Yeah. So he feels like they shouldn't have talked to about this kind of stuff right in front of him. So it was like a monkey see monkey do situation. Yeah. I mean, like Alice has bronchitis right now and I was just talking to my family about it today. I was like, have you guys heard Alice cough lately? And immediately after that, she goes, "Uh Uh you know, yep. That type of thing. So Uh does your tummy hurt? Yeah, my tummy hurts. No, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) oh yep but yeah i i agree but at the same time like how do you explain the house shaking um how do you explain his body contorting and position like you can't just do that yeah he was was a little bit of a heavy set kid so like you can't just like contort your body in weird right yeah um he also had marks on his body and like that weren't done by him Yes, and so so many other things. His like n- tongue turning, the his voice, body, 
Yeah, his body turning blue. And him knowing things. Like, yeah. there's just so many things to, like, dispute that. Right. Um, David, he was also in the documentary, very much still believes that he and Arnie were possessed. Um, this was also brought up when he talked about an instance where his dad got involved. Um, his dad was not like mentioned hardly ever because his dad mm -hmm. thought it was complete bullshit. Um, and he pretty much just like steered clear and did his own thing in another part of the house and just like let the mom deal with it, which I'm just what like, the wow, heck? dude, that's so disheartening. <laughs> yeah. Um, one night the dad heard David cursing at his mother during a fit and he got fed up with it. And so he came to David, slapped him in the face and said, go <gasps> sit down on the couch. And he listened he stopped. And so like Carl, the oldest brother was like, well, at least the devil listens to my dad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he did maybe. Yeah. Uh, he also talked about his mother wanting fame or attention. Um, out of this, he discovered years later after the mother had passed when him and his current wife were cleaning out their home, he had found like to-do list because I guess she was big into writing like random things like to-do right. lists on things and one of the things on the list was it was like a good night and the kids all had their medicine and their dinner or something so he believed that she had been drugging them with a natural sleep medicine called Somonex the side effects huh. include hallucinations weight gain mood swings etc now I don't know about you, but when I take sleep medicine, I usually have some crazy ass dreams. Yeah. Sometimes I can wake up and my eyes play tricks on me. So right. I feel like that's any kind of sleep medicine you take because you're tired and you're out of it. Right. And also he was not, he did not know that for a fact that she was drugging them. He said that she would always eat separate from them and always like give them all one big bowl of food to share. So... Eh. I don't know. But also moms are, when you're, especially uh, in the 80s when di diet culture was so big, I mean, I guess it still is, but she probably was on a diet, you know, so yeah. of course she's eating separate from them. She's not eating the same thing she's feeding her kids. Right. Yep. So. Yep. So after that, that was just another dispute that he had had. Um, after Arnie went to prison, he mentioned how his mom wanted the world to know so she ended up working with ed and lorraine on putting a book out to like tell the world like my son-in-law is innocent like he's a good guy this actually right. happened my son was x or my son was possessed it's a true story and so she wanted a book to be put out i get it so she went to hollywood she was on some talk shows and she hung out with like a couple famous people and wow. um with all the fame and money Ed and Lorraine got from this whole thing, they only got $4,000. <gasps> and they, like, got over, I think they said, like, over 80 from at least, like, the what? profits back then. Um, and they're dead now. So they're still making money off of these movies, like, off the Conjuring movies. Because the right. la latest Conjuring movie is what this is based off of. or it's based Oh, off of I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, the last one. Um. So yeah, like they're still profiting from it and this family didn't get crap, which makes me so mad, especially for Arnie because like his life, he went to prison. Like, yeah, I sure hope he got something out of it. Yeah. So 
Um, lastly, well, what now for Netflix? Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's why I'm like, I'm betting that that's why they all came forward because they're like, let's make some money off of this situation. Like, yeah, I sure hope that Netflix paid them a happy penny. Yeah. So lastly, with Arnie Car and Carl, um, Carl heard or with Arnie, Carl, the oldest brother had heard around, I guess around town that his sister was sleeping around on him with Alan <gasps> Ooh. And um, that this had to do with that big fight because I guess he said that Arnie was extremely territorial and protective of her. But she had admitted that she had dated Alan a long time ago. Arnie already knew about it. They had dated in a previous time, long mm -hmm. time ago. It was ended. They were fine with it. Um, but she wanted Arnie. So, um, and also she still to this day we'll say that arnie was possessed so she said that that had nothing to do with it that was not a thing right i don't know um so the aftermath this unfortunately kind of split the family apart um carl dropped out of school early i believe uh, none of them really discussed this with the media too much um David and Carl did sue Ed and Lorraine for the book because they put out personal information without their uh, comp, without, without their Ooh. okay on it. Yeah. And when David first appeared in the doc, he mentioned that there has been a lot of misinformation and rumors that weren't correct. So this is why they came out and started talking about stuff. Like I told you with the haunting, I'm wondering if he, he was referring to that. Right. So... um. Where am I at? Where am I at? Where am I at? Oh, that's it. <laughs> oh. That's the story. Sorry, I just kind of like dropped off there. Um, that is the okay. story of the possession of David Glatzel and Arnie Johnson. Um, again, I really hope they profited from this. And yeah. uh, go watch the Netflix's Devil on Trial. It is super good. I'm going to um, watch it. A Haunting was okay, but it was just that did, for you, that doesn't talk about anything true crime related with it right. it actually has a very happy ending so it's really stupid and it doesn't make any sense i don't even think it talks about him like killing someone I don't I don't know. oh my gosh they totally twisted it anyway i was really excited to do that so there you go that lots of weird good. things happened this it. week yeah you should it's 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 only like an hour and a half so it's not yeah. too bad okay thank you that was a good one you're welcome I enjoyed it. Um, so I'm going to tell you about Catherine Knight. So Catherine lived in Alberton, north of Sydney in Australia. Okay. Australia. Wait, you, do you want to make an announcement? Are you good? Oh, yeah. Okay. First off, you guys, I scoured our episodes and I don't know, I feel like I've done this story, but I don't know if it's because I've heard it so much that I think that I told it. So if I did tell it before, sorry. Uh, remix. <laughs> All good. And you know what? It's good for a Thanksgiving story. So yeah. I mean, it's this isn't the Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving story. Is this the Thanksgiving episode? No. This is the week before Thanksgiving, so be thinking about us while you're, or maybe you will listen to this on Thanksgiving. I don't know. You might. You yeah. might be like, let's not listen to this Sunday's episode. Let's put it off till Thursday while I'm cooking. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so this is Catherine Knight. Sorry if I already said it or did it. I didn't see anything, but anyways, if I did, it's a remix. Also, our first six episodes are missing. We don't know why, so um, it might be in one of those. Anyway, so weird. No, I know it's not in one of those ones. But um, so Catherine lived in Alberton, north of Sydney, Australia. She worked in a slaughterhouse in 1970 and also on on animal animal carcasses in the boning room so she would like debone the animals um so she would get all this all the meat off of the animals and she would cut the marrow off of them as well gross yeah her coworkers would say that she was like really good with a knife and she was really good at her job based off the reports that you know were shared um, and she she seemed to enjoy this job, you know. She loved deboning animals. You know, if you have a passion, run with it. Run with it, but not with <laughs> knives. No, yeah, not with knives or scissors. <laughs> Don't run, just walk. <laughs> um, so she did have a rough personal life. Uh, her first marriage while working in the butcher shop, Catherine met a guy named David Kellett. Uh, it was reported that David was a raging alcoholic and prone to fistfights. Oh, he uh, sounds so, awesome. He sounds great. So, you know, he would get dr- he would drink and then he would, you know, fight people that were around him. It was reported that David would try to beat Catherine, but she was like, nah, dog, not about that life. She would hold her own. <laughs> uh, she would never back down and she always would fight back. Nice. Um, like he would try to like attack her and she would be like coming at you 10 times harder dude i don't hate her yet yeah um in 1974 Catherine convinced david to marry her um even though they like hated each other it sounds like uh marriage seemed like a good idea so they got married and throughout the marriage david continued to be an alcoholic so which would cause issues in the relationship obviously it would cause issues in any relationship on their wedding night after lovemaking david fell asleep and Catherine got really upset because he didn't want to do it anymore and he was drunk <laughs> And so she was like, that makes me mad. I'm going to strangle him. Oh. So she, because that makes sense. You know, you, yeah. Um, He ended up waking up and he fought Catherine off of him. So despite Catherine almost killing David on their first night of marriage, they actually ended up staying together for 10 years. Oh, Um, that's healthy. And they had two daughters. Wow. And you brought kids into it. Sounds like a healthy marriage and relationship yeah um also in that 10 years david did try to leave once apparently david had snuck out of the house in the middle of the night to try to leave catherine and when he left he sent it that sent catherine into a really deep depression at one point she ended up staying in a psychiatric hospital for a couple of months um but that was after she had gone to the mechanic who had worked on David's car. And why did she go to this guy and threaten to kill him? Because she was upset the mechanic had worked and fixed David's car to help him get away from Catherine. Because <laughs> it's the mechanic's fault. Um, 
because how dare he help David get away from her? <laughs> uh, so since she got, when she got out of the hospital, her and David actually ended up getting back together again, but that didn't last long. Um, and that they was ended your up chance. separating. She was in I the know. hospital, man. You could have left. I know. Once Catherine and David had separated, Catherine met another David named David Sanders, and they ended up in a relationship. Um, she really likes repeating names. So a few months, it makes it easier. A few months after meeting David, Catherine ended up moving and they ended up moving in together. Everything was moving super quick, but he also kept his own apartment. So he was like living a double life almost. He had two places at once. David did not want to move in with Catherine. He's like, I do not want to stay with you. She's like, stay with me. And he's like, that's fair. No. Um, so he kept his own place. He, uh, but to Catherine, this kind of meant that he was like living a separate life without her. Um, and, you know, gave him more of a chance of like possibly cheating on her. So I have to give a trigger warning for animal abuse here. Um, this really set her off one day. Uh, they were arguing about his separate apartment. So Catherine took their two month old puppy that they had and slit the puppy's throat in front of David just to oh. show him what he, she is capable. Of. I hate this lady so much. I know the puppy, the puppy of all things. He didn't, he didn't do anything. What you stupid lady. Yeah. So her reasoning behind slitting the puppy's throat was that she was cranky. Um, despite of all that happened, they ended up having a daughter together because that will solve it. And shortly after the daughter was born, there was an altercation. They got into a fight and Catherine stabbed David with a pair of scissors. And I'm not sure what the fight was over, but it, he did not report it. And after that, the relationship ended. Probably so, smart. Yeah. So then Catherine gets into another relationship and uh, his name is John Chillingworth. They actually had a relationship for about three years. There wasn't actually a lot that happened in this relationship. There was not really any abuse. She must have not liked them. Well, you'll find out. Uh, they end up having a son together. Sounds like she's just collecting men and children at this point. Okay. Okay. Um, they have a son together and it was um, said that this relationship was calm and good because most of the time Catherine was actually cheating on John with another John named John Price. <laughs> so, so that she doesn't mix up the names. Yes. Like she's yeah, like, yeah. oh, John. Like, oh, I meant yeah. John number one. <laughs> 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 so John Price was 45 at the time, and this would be the relationship that pushed her over the edge. When the relationship first started, it was going really well. They would go out socially, have some drinks with friends at the local pub. John Price had two children who lived with him. Um, they were a bit older, um, so they weren't, you know, young. And they seemed, they seemed to really actually like Catherine. 
they didn't have any issues with her. John worked in the local mines and he made pretty good money and he did really well for himself. But Catherine did suggest to John that they get married. John's like, no, I don't, I don't want to get married to you. Sorry. Um, so I, so when he declined, that's when obviously things once again, just did not go so well for Catherine. Um, that's when their friends started to notice that Catherine started to become very verbally abusive towards him. Um, mentally she was always in his head. She would also become physically abusive with him. Catherine would also fight with vengeance. Um, so like, you know how you're in an argument with your husband or your spouse or significant other, and you like start to say things that really don't need to be said because it's like not pertaining to argument. it yeah yeah uh she didn't do that she did worse stuff um so she would here's an example so um john took home a first aid kit from his work for the house and Catherine took a video of it showing that he, the he took the first aid kit and it was in his possession and then she sent it to john's boss um oh my gosh which caused him to get fired <gasps> um because obviously he was stealing properties so that's like what she would do that's a first aid like, kit like i know i mean i guess like was... it's like a pen like you can get in trouble too but geez. yeah because it's technically stealing he property really got him fired from his job so she's just like cut through, dude. Yeah. Um, she did this because she was mad at him because he wouldn't marry her. Um, so she just was like, All right, I'll get you fired. That's I mean, fine. You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, so to get them to marry you. It, man. Just get them. Yeah, you gotta do whatever you gotta do, whatever it takes, guys. Just <laughs> call up their job and be like, Hey, he stole a pencil sharpener. Um, so John was like, dude, not cool. Um, and it turns out the first aid kit was only worth $20. So this <laughs> really upset him. He's like, you got me fired over this something that's so stupid. Oh my gosh. Um, John actually ended up kicking her out of the house that they lived in, which was actually John's house. So he's like, nope, we're done. Get out Good of my house. Get yeah. her. So John was fired from his job and then Catherine was kicked out. They actually were apart for three months, but somehow Catherine was a bound away to weasel her back into this guy's life. Um, and she still pressured him to marry her. Um, John refused and it would just lead to more and more fights. Their friends and family started to notice this anytime that John there, anytime there was an altercation, um, between the two, John would go tell a friend what was going on. He would always like make sure that there was like somebody that knew what the details were, what she said, what he said, so that there was like a witness basically. Yeah. Um, and make sure that Catherine can't like flip the script and act like she's a victim. Um, so eventually John ended up calling the police because he wanted Catherine out of his house again. Um, he wanted her gone and she wouldn't leave. So he called the police thinking that, you know, they pretty much could just escort her off the property um, and have her removed. 
Um, but the police came back saying that he would need a court order to get her removed from the house, which is correct. Um, Thank you, lawyer Amy. <laughs> so in February of 2000, well, t- yeah, it's kind of <laughs> a gray area technically yeah. because it, unless she's like on a lease or something like that. But yeah, like, why couldn't they do that? That sounds silly. Yeah, there must have been some sort of reasoning like that. Like she has proof that she lives there. Okay. Like um, addresses, like billing or something like that. I don't know. Um, So in February of 2000, there was a fight between Catherine and John, which ended up, which he ended up with a chest wound because Catherine tried to stab John. Oh my gosh, Catherine. And she ended up going to the police and reported that he, he was being violent towards her and it was in self-defense. So she then took a restraining order out against him. But the restraining orders, it didn't matter who put one out on whoever. They always ended up back together. Um, I think John knew that something was going to happen because he ended up telling coworkers, if I ever go missing or something happens to me, it's Catherine. Um, So she ended up, I know. So he ended up telling coworkers this and, um, was open about it. He also sat down with his boss and told his boss everything. And he's like, if anything ever happens to me, it was Catherine. So he ends up going to the court again to get a restraining order and have her removed from the house. Um, He tells them everything that's going on and left with the restraining order, which would limit contact from Catherine. But Catherine's like restraining orders can't keep me away from you. Uh, She just ignored them. So a little, (laughs) yeah. So a little while later, John comes home from work and he has like this whole routine that he does. He comes home, he goes over to the neighbors, he checks on the neighbors, says hi to them because what's with the neighbors, you know, and um, then like does his food, chills out, and then goes to bed at eleven o'clock. That Catherine came shortly came home shortly after at after 11 um made herself dinner she watched some tv she took a shower and then went up to bed and woke john up they had sexual relations and then they went back to bed and john went back to sleep something in Catherine's brain we don't know exactly what happened but she was like i'm mad so She takes a butcher knife that's in her nightstand next to the bed. And then. Why? uh, (laughs) I mean, maybe for burglars, but like a butcher knife. I have no idea. Um, (laughs) He, you know, nothing ever good happens with a butcher knife. Tommy Pickles with his freaking wrench. She's got (laughs) a freaking butcher knife. So Catherine keeps a butcher knife in her nightstand. So she grabs that um, and she uh, proceeds to stab John 37 times. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, just casually. Um, According to blood evidence, it seemed that John definitely tried to fight back. John tried to make a run for it, but eventually he passed away. 
After killing John, she then took a bunch of pills, laid down, and I think she either tried to kill herself or make it look like she tried to kill herself, you know, put on a show for the police. Um, I'm not sure. So the next day, John didn't show up for work, and his coworkers were like, John said if he doesn't show up for work, something bad happened to him, and it was Catherine. So they called the police, and... um. The police go over to the house and to do a welfare check. They knock, no answer. They knock, no answer. So they see his truck in the in the driveway. So they're like, we know he's home. Um, they look in the little, like, mailbox People. thing. Yeah. No, People? the mailbox. Oh, okay. Slot in the door. And they're like, what is that? And all they see is, like, a curtain. And they're like, huh, that's weird. So they feel like they had probable cause to go into the house. So they go, they open up the door and they see blood like everywhere. Um, oh, sorry. I just skipped a whole spot. Um, they, they said that they saw this like big curtain hanging and it was blocking their view. Um, after no response, they go inside the house and they walk towards this big curtain. And that's when they see blood everywhere. Okay. Um, so they know something went down here. The police Literally. push. So the one officer, like, you know how, like, you should, like, move your shower curtain out of the way, like, with your hand? Yeah. So, like, he was doing that with the backside of his hand, uh, moving this curtain out of the way. And he looks down at his hand, and there's, like, blood all over the backside of his hand. And he looks at the curtain, looks at his hand, looks at the curtain and realizes that that's not a curtain. Oh. It was actually just skin. Oh. <laughs> no. Uh, no. So it was skin that was hanging in the ew. door frame. Ew, 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 <laughs> ew. I like then- skin on the turkey. Yeah, that's yummy. Um, <laughs> then he looks down on the ground and sees a torso on the ground, but no head. Oh, my gosh. So the officer kept walking and seeing that there was blood all over the walls, just like splattered everywhere. The floor was covered. Was the torso um, skinless? Yeah. Oh. Um, so there's like blood literally everywhere. The officers walk into the kitchen and see that there was a plates of food prepared like vegetables and there was meat cooked on it. They also oh, searched yeah. the house. They also I know, searched I know the what house. I know what gives me a crack, big hankering. It's like when I'm hungry, when I'm skinning a body and like <laughs> cutting it up and stuff, I need to eat. I'm thinking in the middle <laughs> Man, I should probably take a break. I'm exhausted. I'm going to go make myself some ramen. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, ramen sounds good. Um, So they searched the house. They went upstairs into the hallway and they heard someone snoring. So they're like, huh, interesting. Uh, They found Catherine on the bed sleeping. Police officers tried to wake her up, but she was like super out of it because she took a bunch of pills. Um, So they picked her up, carried her outside and put her on the back lawn. Um, the police went back into the home and that's when they started to see like all the little details. They realized that the skin was hanging from the, from butcher hooks on the door frame. They scanned for John's head because his torso was on the ground with 
with no head they found oh, his head God. on the stove <gasps> um forensic investigators show up to the house and they notice a sweet smell and based on the blood spatters they could tell that john was on the bed catherine stabbed him a ton of times john tried to get up make a run for it but he ends up uh so he gets up off the bed and there's blood on the light switch so it looked like he tried to turn on the light switch um and then they noticed he had ran ran down the hallway because there's blood spills all down the hallway and um john made it to the front door but they saw on the ground that there was like a dragging motion of blood so it looks like he might have either like fell right there or he tripped or something and that's when uh catherine grabbed him and dragged him back into the lounge room which i'm guessing is like a family room um and that's where the torso was found and there was a big pool of blood so that's where she either finished him off or that's where he laid there and died oh my god so i guess Catherine just laid him on the ground like i said um and that's where she skinned him and then she took his skin off and placed it onto the carpet next to her and they know that the head was still on the body at that point because of like the outline on the carpet there was like blood where his head was right um and then she cuts his head off and carries it into the kitchen because of the way that the blood like stains into the kitchen. Um, she cuts a big piece of muscle from his Ugh. back Ugh. into five separate pieces, like five mini steaks. <laughs> and then she cooked it in over in an in the oven for three hundred and fifty degrees for about forty five minutes. Ew. Um, in case they, you need to know how to cook a back filet <laughs> filet min man min 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 husband min, min. flamin john <laughs> flamin john <laughs> flamin john oh my god oh. sorry john <laughs> Um, so they saw that she had four plates made and then the dog outside, cause they had a dog had the fifth piece of meat. So yeah. Oh, and he ate um, it. He definitely yeah. ate it. Yeah. So, uh, the table was set. There was pl table settings set up, um, as if she was going to have guests over. Um, there are little name plates and all the names were their children's name. <gasps> Catherine was clearly planning on feeding her their children their own father and making um, sure they knew it too oh clearly because there was no to. hiding it yeah no way oh my so, gosh so police investigators were saying this is the timeline she killed john then she took a shower she changed she took john's wallet she ran to do some errands um, to go get freaking ingredients. <laughs> 12 a.m., John's bank card was used to take money out. They're assuming it was Catherine that took the card because it was at around midnight. And there was $1,000. They don't know what she was planning on doing with that money. They can't find the money. And so they're assuming that she buried it somewhere. Uh, Catherine 
was immediately detained and she was in a coma for about five days. Um, so they couldn't interview when she woke up or until she woke up. But when she did, they're like, what happened? And she says she has no memory of what happened before. Um, so they never could complete the interview because she was like, I don't remember anything. And I don't believe her. I don't believe her. No. Um, yeah. So... Eventually, she does confess to killing John. She claimed that she killed him in self-defense because oh, of a long due. Not 37 long, times. Yeah. Uh, she killed him due to the long string of abuse received from John throughout their relationship. They never get got a clear story from her about what happened, but she does admit to killing him. So, okay. Catherine's brother said that she told him she was going to kill John and get away with it because she was going to act crazy, which I'm sorry. Why didn't you say something? Yeah. Brother. Yeah. Um, right. Catherine originally in court pled not guilty, but then midway through the trial, she ended up changing her plea to guilty, but um, she didn't give any reason as to why she did that. Uh, she was like, I want to change this. And so the judge was like, I don't know about this because she would be able to appeal it in the future saying, claiming that she was insane. And that's why she changed it midway. Um, so the psychiatrist actually ended up doing an evaluation on her and determined that she was definitely in the right mind and that she was not mentally unstable like she was saying she was. Um, so throughout okay. the trial, yeah, throughout the trial, she didn't show any types of emotion, like she didn't show remorse, um, but she would act randomly crazy. Like she would just start screaming at the top of her lungs okay. about stuff and saying like, I didn't do it. Um, and she never did this throughout her entire life. So people knew that she was just like acting and trying to manipulate the situation. Um, and the judge knew this. So the judge determined that she would get life in prison without the possibility of parole. And she is the first woman in Australia to get a life sentence with no chance of parole. Oh, in 2006. Congrats. Yeah, good for her. That's actually um, surprising. I don't know. Um, in 2006, Catherine did apply to appeal this, but she claimed that her life sentence was too severe for her crime. Um, the judge rejected the appeal, obviously, and was like, no, Catherine, no, you're not getting out. Um, the judge, the judge said that this is the worst thing that they have ever seen in their lives. And Catherine attends church on a regular basis in prison and sings in a woman's choir. Oh, good. She needs Jesus. <laughs> and that is Catherine Knight. The puppy killer. And the, the man killer. killer. And the man killer. I just <laughs> the lame and John. The <laughs> John. Uh, episode t-shirt. Thousand percent. <laughs> <laughs> we had quite a few good episode names this week or we this had, episode but that one was really good <laughs> <laughs> oh that was a good one i uh she's crazy i hate her she is so crazy and that was a she's not crazy the folks that follow along um that was a um calendar 
story. A calendar story from your oh, you need a new one. I saw that they make ones for your for paranormal too. No, uh, yeah. uh, don't get that's one, so cool. I won't. I won't. I've already looked okay. at. Never mind. Not for myself. Okay. It's good. Anyway, <laughs> that's awesome. That was a good one. That was crazy and gross and disgusting and crazy. Did she eat him? Did she end up eating him? It. Um. So it, it showed that there's. Um. I didn't put this in the story, but. It showed that something had been eaten, um, but there's no evidence because she never claimed that she did. And they didn't like she's alive, so they didn't do like a stomach autopsy. Right. Um, But there were pieces of him missing that they could not find. But she also fed stuff to the dog. Uh, One stick. I'm sorry. Mm. That's so gross. I'm craving flame John now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yes, happy <laughs> Thanksgiving. I hope you guys have a good week for your uh, Thanksgiving week. And um, yeah, is this, drink. The, this is not coming out Thanksgiving week. This will come out the week before. Yeah. So this will come out next Sunday, which is, yeah, the, the week before. So, yeah, you'll be yeah. getting ready. You'll be, be doing your preparations. You'll be thinking whatnot. about it. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, if you want to save this, I guess we should have said this in the beginning, you know, um, if you're, you saved this for Thursday, you know, enjoy listening, enjoy your day off. Yeah. And uh, enjoy your turkey or whatever you eat. Filet and John. Filet and John. <laughs> you want to hear a neighborhood story? Yes, please. Okay. Um, this one's from next door. It is titled Boycotting. All right. Boycotting I've... what? What is the boycotting? So boy the boys cotting boys and girls. I don't know. Um <laughs> so this is the picture. I can post it. A it's Starbucks, Starbucks cup. cup. It's a Christmas holiday themed Starbucks cup. Yeah. And it says, All right, I've had it with Starbucks this year. See the first part of this cup here? That looks like a profile depiction of a bowl. After some internet research, I learned that bowls are used for marijuana. The devil's plant. Starbucks Starbucks wants to ruin the image of a good Christian holiday with this garbage. I don't think so. Boycotting. This is what they circled. It looks like it looks like a a semicircle. It's a semicircle. It looks like a three-year-old circle. <laughs> it's a semicircle. <laughs> it, it, it looks a, like they just no, like they're circling. It's in the green. See the semicircles. Oh, they're saying the bowl, thought, the part that looks I like a bowl. See the pattern on it. it. I it, thought they were talking about the yeah, marker no, on there. They circled it with a marker. <laughs> oh, the semicircle. My. It's a half circle. Uh, is that a semicircle? It's like the same thing. Is it? Okay. I'm unsure. Yeah. But when yeah, you say semicircle, I was thinking of something else. So. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to confuse you. It looks like a pattern. The general population knows what I'm talking about. Anyway. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Ruin my Christian coffee. Not my Christian neighborhood. <laughs> Not my Christian neighborhood. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. 
Um, we're going to get, sorry it was a long episode, you guys, but yes. they were really um, good stories. Enjoy. Yeah, they're juicy. They're great. We had fun. Um, I got to go need some bread. Some I got to go eat. Yeah, same. That's why I'm needing. Yeah. So, oh. um, ow. So have you, oh, uh, Brian, have you checked on the neighbors? What's with the neighbors? Brian, Amy, Amy, out. Out. Um, say hi to your cats for us. What's with the neighbors? She won't meow. Say hi to your cats for us. 